Heritage Media. The RAB Women in Real Estate Awards, that's real estate business for those not in the know, has just unveiled this year's 2020 finalists. Regional Sales Agent of the Year nominee Kimberly Burke and Supporting Professional of the Year nominee Sarah Wheeler are a force to be reckoned with and here to chat all things industry related and what it's like being a leader in their field while wearing heels, here's Kimberly and Sarah. Hi ladies, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wait, what? We've got to cut in somewhere. (laughs) This is going to be so fun. Hi, ladies. Welcome. Hi. Hello. I have with me today Sarah and Kim. Congrats on the announcement of both of you being nominated in the REB Women in Real Estate Awards for 2020. How did that come about? I I think the, the 17 years of the grind, the grind never stops. Um, The clients, yes, they do come back to you because of the service that you provided over those many years of being in the industry and staying staying in the same company uh, for that long long term jeopardy as well. It's still the hard work that you go and put in. If I if if we stopped right now and did nothing, we wouldn't be able to achieve what we achieved last year. You've got to keep pounding that pavement. You've got to keep doing the things, the little things that we did 17 years ago. It doesn't stop, but the clientele just comes back because of the service that you provided. Just remember, real estate is actually a long-term jeopardy. It's not a short-term goal. I think it um, being, being nominated in the Women in Real Estate is a massive, massive achievement. It takes dedication, success, clients, care and commitment. I think um, if people want to get out there and get into into the real estate world as a female, it is really, really hard. It always used to be a male-dominated industry where now it's starting to get that brand of females coming in. It's, it's hard for females to do what we do in real estate because not only do we actually have clients that we need to attend to 24 hours seven days a week we also are the mums out there to go and help um, our kids when we get home so we don't just switch off after leaving we go home and we have another job to do so for all the women out there it's a massive achievement to to what we go and do out there where the males find a little bit easier because they don't have to go home and be that mum because most kids want their mums out there. Now, you've both had a huge 2020 in many different respects. And while we're talking about wards, Kimberly, tell me about being ranked 11th in Australia in the REB Dealmakers 2020, which is a national list compiling Australia's top performing agents. Yes, that was very exciting. Very exciting to be nominated in that and becoming number 11 in, um, in Australia. So that was, yeah, it was awesome. Have you ever been ranked like that before? Never. No? Never. No, so it was a big shock. Massive deal. Yes. yes. And how did the team celebrate? Yes, we, uh, we did celebrate. We went out to dinner. We had a few drinks. It was, um, it was really good. And what does it mean to be recognised once you're recognised and you're ranked 11th? I think it comes back to the clients. If we didn't have them, then we wouldn't be in there. It, um, it's good to have them around and for them to give us the, the job of helping them move and making their dreams come true. Without them, nothing's possible. Yeah. 
Sarah, you and Kimberly are a team and you've worked side by side now for a little while. How long have you actually worked together? Um, we've worked in the same office for about 10 years. Um, we've been a team for just on a year. Okay. What kind of dynamic is it? Um, well, it's obviously a good one. <laughs> Comple- <laughs> <laughs> Completely different personalities or are you similar? Um, I think some aspect, aspects were probably similar, but I think for the most part, we're probably completely different. Chalk and cheese different? I think so. Yeah? yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. yeah. Is one more domineering and one more sort of submissive? Or are you both pretty fiery? Probably depends what mood I'm in. <laughs> Kim's laughing. You agree? <laughs> I, I think we have, we have different personalities, but we've got the same work ethic. Mm-hmm. Putting it down to a decision. Personalities, sense of humour—is that all the same? Same no. taste in music, same taste in. Oh, we go all right with music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think same everything era. else we're <laughs> different, completely different. Okay. Which I think is probably a good thing because if we were similar, we'd probably kill each other. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Um, now you don't win or get nominated for awards like this without having some serious runs on the board. How many combined sales have you done you to date? Hundred and ten. Sales for the financial year. Okay, so not even a calendar year, just since July. Yep. 110. How many for the calendar year do you think? Wait, no, no, it was 110 for the last financial year. For the year. last financial year. Oh, okay, so sorry. So we're back with... We're starting again. Again. Yep. And how many have you done so far this financial year? I think it's about 70. Wow, so you're going to smash... Absolutely. That's the plan. <laughs> What's the goal? Have, is, there a, is there a number that you'd like to hit by the next one at June 30? My number is 200. Okay. I don't know whether I've told Kim that. No, she hasn't. Then I'm happy to do that. 200? Okay. We've got to double it somewhere. And what kind of sales figures are we talking with 110 sales? 1.2. Wow. Massive. And what's the average price of a home that you sell? Oh, your average is about 500. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's incredible. Um, Kim, how long have you been in the industry for and what's the biggest change you've seen since starting your career? Well, a lot has changed since I started my career. Um, there was no technology when I started coming on 17 years ago. There's markets changing. So I've seen five different markets within the 17 years of me doing it. Um, flexibilities change, um, personalities change, there's um, markets changing, marketing. There was really no marketing when I first started. We had the cards in the window and the paper where that's non-existent now. We still have the cards in the window but um, the paper's non-existent. So a lot has changed technology-wise and just making sure that we grow with that Um, and it is hard to change, I, I know. My mum and, you know, all the early out there don't like technology, so it is hard to, to keep up with it because it is changing very, very fast. But yeah. um, And that has changed within probably the last five to six years. And what are the five markets you're referring to that you've seen? Well, 2007 to 2009 was the toughest where you used to take out the same person for a year before they purchased um, to now where you take out a person once or twice and they find their dream home. It, um yeah, so ups, downs, nothing selling, a lot selling, um, booms, 
the GF, GFs, GFC, just, yeah, everything. Mm. I think I've seen everything in the 17 years. <clears throat> and who are your buyers? Who are you seeing? Everybody. So to your first-home buyers, to the people moving from Sydney now, um, because they've got the flexibility of being able to work from home, which has happened in the last, you know, six months, seven months, that so they don't have to travel into the city now, so their lifestyle is changing. Um, so them adapting to coming up here and not have to worry about, you know, the travel or the commute. So we're seeing a lot of those as well. And at the moment we're having – it's hard to get – we've got so many being snapped up really quickly, it's hard to get listings in. How are you combating that? Well, it just goes back to when you first start numbers. You've got to try and speak to a lot of people and the results as well. The results that we're getting for our clients and the amount of money that we're actually succeeding for them is um, is massive. And there is a lot of people that are still uncertain on making that move or, or, or changing. It's now the time to get a good price for the property if you are wanting to do it now because there's so many people out there. Sarah, you're a complete Jill of all trades. How did you start out in the industry and what role, what roles have you had to get to where you are now? That's a fun one. Um, I started in sales. I was a sales agent. Um, I also went through to sales secretary, um, dealing with the conveyances with contracts and whatnot. I've done a little bit of the marketing side of things because I do have a journalism background, um, so writing the ad scripts. Um, I was personal assistant to the principal, Darren, um, and helped coordinate his team of, I think it was three or four buyers agents at one point, um, back into sales again. Um, and yeah, now Kim and I are taking over the world. So what's your strong suit? <laughs> um Oh, okay. Probably I think my ability to, because I have had so many different titles, um, that if there is an issue that comes up or if there is something that um, others can't handle within the office or even out in the public, I've got so much knowledge, I guess, broad knowledge that I can actually um, jump in and sort of help out and alleviate a lot of stress and help with problems and whatnot. Yes, absolutely. Alleviate problems even before they arise because you can see it because you've worked in that yeah. section. Yeah. And tell me, actually, this is to both of you, what's it like being a female in this industry in 2020 and do you need to work differently to your male cohorts? That's a, um, an interesting comment, Carly. It's, um, people perceive that real estate agents are most male. Now, when I first got into real estate, it was a very male-dominant area. Um, I was the only female in the office. Now times are changing. It, um, the females can probably do a little bit more than what the males can do because we do, as, as the saying goes, happy wife, happy life. So we can connect to the females more than what the males can because we are female. Um, we can get down into their heart to find the emotional reason why they want to purchase a property and then it's just winning the male over from there. Is it True that it is the female who makes a decision when buying a home? 90% of the time, yes. Yeah. Is there ever a situation where you walk in and you go, uh-oh, it's not going to work this time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there is certain male-dominate um, that do make the decision. It's more of your your business type of people that, um, that make the decision. But at the end of the day, it's still the female that has to be happy because they're home most of the time. Mm. So they have to love the, the property more than what the, the, the male is. When it, when it comes to more of the male's decision, it's more like development or 
something like that where they they know that they're in it just to make money mm-hmm. or investment or something like that where the male sometimes is a little bit more dominant but a family home which most people go out and buy it is more the female that make the decision so do you talk to her and pull it you, you're right you pull at her heartstrings yeah you, you pull it both but you just know in the end that the the female is the one that most of the time makes the decision yeah, I always love when you have the males like, I'm negotiating, I'm negotiating. And when you get really close, suddenly the female's on the phone. And you're like, oh, here we go. Or you're this really close and he says, I just need to talk to my wife. Yes. Yep. Every time? Yep. <laughs> I once heard a saying that says, um, you have the same hours in the day as Beyonce, which I love because all the stuff that she accomplishes. And we've all got 24 hours in the day. How do you do it in 24 hours and how do you make it count? Well, I'm up really early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I I think it's really important to – I've always been a big believer in um, getting something really hard done first thing in the morning. Um, so I'll wake up at 4 a.m. and I go straight to the gym purely – it's more so because I know that if I do something really hard before I get to work – then anything else for the rest of the day is going to be easy or I'm going to be able to accomplish. Um, so I think that's really, really important. But then you also need unstructured structure. So you need to have a fair bit of structure to know that you're going to get everything done, but you also have to have the ability to differ from the structure and not be so set. Um, I mean, in this industry, you could have your whole day planned out and there's one phone call that will ruin you for the next three hours. Um, so you have to be able to handle that situation, get it done, but then be able to pick everything back up again and still achieve everything that you have to achieve. Um, so I think that's that's really important um, in the industry. And just being able to, I think a big one as well that I've actually learned was to not actually have to-do lists for little things. If it's something small that pops up, do it then. If you add it to a list, your list gets so big, you get overwhelmed, you walk out the door. Um, so I think that's really important. I think that's how we, we get a lot done in the day. But it's just the focus, focus, motivation, discipline. And I think also we don't leave until everything is accomplished. So we start the next day fresh. Mm-hmm. So we're not having to worry about what we hadn't done yesterday. It's what we just need to do today. So what time does your working day start? Forget the stuff, the family <coughs> stuff and the gym and getting ready for work. And what time do you actually walk into the office most days? Between 20 past and quarter eight. And what time do you leave? Seven. When we finish between <laughs> six and seven o'clock. It just, it just all depends. If if we finish everything and we've got results, we've, we've helped people move for that day, then, you know, we, we walk out six, 6.30. Um, but if there's stuff that we still need to do, you know, on a Saturday when we're doing deals left, right and centre, sometimes we're not walking out until eight o'clock at night. And do you work six days a week or five days a week? Real seven. estate, you work seven. You work seven. You say you still answer the phone yeah. on your day off. Absolutely. Yeah. And after we leave the office as well, because you get a different kind of buyer after six o'clock, so, or a different type of client, I should say. So you get the people that will send you phone calls, as call you throughout the day, and then you have the ones at about 6.37, they start texting. And they'll text till about 10 p.m. And then you get the emailers and they'll keep going. So it never actually really stops. It's just the type of client switches at a certain time. What's it like having your phone number on realestate.com? People like me finish the day, it's nine o'clock, lying in bed. 
iPad out, realestate.com, and I see four or five homes and I think, oh, how much is that one? Or where's that one located? And I hit the email agent. That would happen a lot. Absolutely. So is that your phone pinging or night? Do you turn it off and then you wake up in the morning and you've got 70 messages overnight because of people like me? <laughs> I, I suppose, and this is the difference, but I was talking about where real estate's changed over the, over the 17 years. People can now access you 24 hours, seven days a week. It's whether or not you want to go and do it or if you want to wait till tomorrow morning. Now, unfortunately, we don't like to wait till tomorrow morning because it then makes the next day too hard or too busy to um, to accomplish what we need to. So I would say Sarah's probably different. She does it until probably about midnight, but um, I'm probably 10, 10.30 of a night time and then pick it back up at 6 o'clock in the morning. How many people text you at 10.30 at night saying, hi, I just want to know the price of this house on 1 Smith Street? Um, a, quite, quite a fair few. Quite a fair few. There's probably... Well, I had one last night that um, that I woke up to this morning that come through at quarter to 12 this morning. Um, so I wrote back to them at half past five this morning when I woke up. I love those ones. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, because if you leave it... It will get lost. It, you, you'll forget about it. So as Sarah says, you know, if something comes through... Just answer we, we it. We just do it. We just do it. And they might not see it until 10 o'clock this morning, but at least they've got that, that message. Yeah. Why do you think you got, do you, you work very well and we've established that, but do you flick a lot of stuff to Sarah and does Sarah flick a lot of stuff to you? Or do you have your own lanes? We, we, we pretty much do what we need to do when when it needs to be done. So if, um, if I'm out with clients and Sarah will just do it, if Sarah's out with clients and I'll just do it. So it sort of really works well because we both know how each other works it's pretty simple and then when we catch up we go this is done that's done you know this is where it's all at so it's pretty it's pretty easy it's like a proper work work wife situation yeah we don't really double up on too much yeah yeah we know each other's strengths and or weaknesses um so if it's i guess something that needs to be written kim will throw it my way if it's a certain client that I know that Kim's got a really, really good relationship with and it's a sticking point in a situation, I'm going to throw it back to Kim. Um, so it's just knowing – it's knowing the client but then knowing our strengths as well as to who's going to be best to handle the situation that's arising. And also knowing your weaknesses and going, that's actually just not my jam. Can you do it? Yep. Yeah. Because you yep. get a better result if the stronger one does it. Absolutely. Now, you're both pretty involved in the community. Um, Kim, how important is it to embrace the different groups in the area that you live and work in when you're an agent? It's um, it's massive. I, I have a lot to do with the sport side of it um, because I've, all, I've played sport my whole entire life. So I'm around netball, I'm around soccer. My kids now starting to play sport and swimming. And so even though we work very, very hard, I try and get my face out there at the kids' sport at my sport, just so people can see. And people have a lot of questions to ask and sometimes they don't want to do it in a professional manner. So they grab you when you're at the community or the sporting events and things like that because it's more relaxed. So it, um, it does help out a lot. Now, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you girls would never boast about, the good stuff that happens, the recognition that people give you, the things you do, after hours Sarah can you give me one example where you want, you've got you guys have gone above and beyond 
or someone said something to you that you didn't even realise that you'd helped them and, then, and you had? Yeah, I think there's actually probably too many to actually think of. There's, there's the little ones that mean a lot, um, especially when you have – actually, no, I, I've got a, I do have a good one. Um, I sold a property to a couple over in Gorakin. It was about oh, maybe a year, year and a half ago. And um, I, they were lovely people and I obviously spoke to them a fair bit and took them through the home and I knew it was their first home, but until we actually exchanged contracts, I didn't know their whole backstory and they both just started breaking down in tears and I was like, oh, you know, this is amazing, like you should be so proud of yourselves. And they said, you've got no idea, I, I was actually in a caravan. We were both living in a caravan with our three kids only sort of 24 months ago. Um, this is so, so massive to me. I haven't seen my husband, you know, what longer than a few hours in a year. Um, we've worked so, so hard for this. Um, and I still talk to them all the time. I mean, I, I said happy birthday to her last week. Um, her daughter now works at the chemist up from, from us. And, yeah, it's those stories that really, really get to you. And I know that... Um, you know, it might be that we've gone above and beyond for someone in another way, but I think it's the ones where it's where you're just doing your job and you're doing your job so right that you're actually helping someone move to the next chapter and really changing their life so, so dramatically. Um, and that was probably one of my best, my best moments. And I, I didn't even know it was happening really. I just yeah. wanted to sincerely help them. And then I found out all this backstory and I was like, oh my gosh. So when you've got a buyer or a seller, and they're moving for a reason, they're selling for a reason, and everyone is highly strong, highly emotional. I've been there, buying and selling. How do you deal with that? Because, emo- like I said, it's always very exciting, first home buyers, but then you've got a, either a death in the family or a divorce or there's, there's always some kind of emotion. How do you deal with that? Is it taxing? It can be. Um, I think the past year I've probably got a lot better. It used to get to me a lot. Um, I know there's a few times where I was like, I'm quitting, I'm done, I'm... I can't handle this anymore. Um, But I think that the longer you actually stick it out, the more you realise that how stressful it actually is for people and that they're not taking it out on you, they're taking it out in the situation, um, which is something you really, really have to remember. Um, And it's also the fact, and I actually say it to people as well because I know that sometimes buyers get a little bit funny. They think that they're annoying you or they're asking dumb questions, but it's the fact that we, we do it every day. They do it maybe sometimes only twice or three times in their life. So it is so, so massive. They just have to sort of step back and go, it's it's not me that they're angry at, it's a situation or, yeah, and I think that's really important. Now, we touched before about, you mentioned you go to the gym and Kim, you said you play soccer, but how important is also exercise for your mental health just to get away from it? <laughs> like in that hour that you're at the gym or that hour you're on the field playing soccer or netball yep. where there's no phones, there's no emails, there's no... It's just you guys. Is that really important for your mental health, just to switch off? Absolutely. The The reason why I do the sport is to actually switch off because if I didn't, you know, have that 90 minutes on the soccer field, I probably would still work. So it is uh, – it's – real estate is a massive mental game and if you don't do something for yourself, then it just builds up, builds up, builds up. So having an outlet to go and do something or have time for yourself – it, um, it makes you a better person and makes you want to strive for more too. It's, it is like that because you don't you feel like you've had your hour to yourself. So you don't get it, you feel robbed. Yep. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> taking from you and nothing's coming in. I feel hungover if I don't go <laughs> do something in the morning. Yeah. 
Um, now, you both juggle work, work-life balance. Kim, you've got a young family. How do you make it all work? How do you fit it all in? Because you're still doing the stuff that other parents have to do, but you're working essentially seven days a week, yep. 10, 11-hour <coughs> days. Do you have help? Yes, I do. So I have an amazing husband and an amazing mum. Um, when I can't be there, mummy's there or my husband's there. We, Me and my husband both have high-strung jobs. Um, it, if I didn't have mum in the background to do what she does for us, then it wouldn't be possible for me to work as hard as what I do. Um, so I give her probably not as much praise as what I should. But, um, yeah, she, she does the running around. And mum was a single mum throughout a lot of our life so I think she's remissing with what she missed out with us through our kids which she loves it and she loves sport because I've always been around it so she enjoys taking the kids swimming and little athletics when you know I might turn up halfway through I get there eventually but um you know she does do a lot of that you know she still cooks us dinner twice a week and it um it does help out a fair bit and having that support behind us it uh it does make us takes a village it does it does it's um it's really really good yeah particularly when you've got balls in the air everywhere and stuff and stuff gets dropped all the time and if you've got someone catching those yep and it might just be a dinner yep it, it is you know when we're walking in the door at you know 6 o'clock at night time and dinner sitting there and the kids are bathed and the kids are fed and the kids are bathed it um it does go oh Thank God. It's Thank massive. God for that support. But, um, yes, we wouldn't be able to do it without her. But, um, yeah. And, Sarah, we are talking earlier about phone calls. Can yes. you tell me how many you receive a day? Um, well, yeah, yesterday we counted 118 from 12 o'clock. So depending on what's going on in the day, um, what even what properties we have lot on, online and what day of the week it actually is, um, I think it probably averages at around that 200, maybe 220 mark. So I can only semi-relate to that when it's my birthday and I'm on the phone to someone talking, you know, they're wishing me happy birthday and there's another three calls coming in to also wish me happy birthday. So I hang up from that call and I ring one of those people that's called me back and while I'm on the phone, another four call. Is that what it's like? Yes. How do you keep track of who you've got to call and all your messages and getting back to every do you get back to every single one of those yes yep well the the missed call function on an iphone's amazing <laughs> um but we do do it depending on who you're actually talking to on the phone when another call comes through i know that kim and i say a lot to each other i'll call you back and just hang up um and that means there's a call coming yep. we're getting this call do you do um, that to your friends and your parents and your as well depending like, who it is <laughs> some and can. what the conversation is I actually I get anxiety if people want to just have a general chat to me so <laughs> if they're asking me how my day is going or if I slept well I'm like I'm going I'm going there's a call I'm going <laughs> um but no the one person that I won't put off is my mum I if she calls I almost have a panic attack so I'm like something's going on something's happened call her straight away and it's usually like do you think I should wear white or black? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, gosh, okay. Um, but, no, everyone always gets a response. Um, whether it's we call them and say, can we, you know, give you um, – we've got someone that helps us out so we can pass it over to them, um, or it's can we call you back? Um, but, no, everyone's always spoken to. We never want to be that agent that doesn't get back to someone. Because it could be that one call that makes a difference to your day. Yeah, massive. Massive. Uh, absolutely. 
And you and never know. You never know. Until you ring that person back, you don't know if it's going to change somebody's life dramatically. With an offer on a home. Yep. Or it's someone ringing up to sell their home. Yep. Yep. Everyone has to be answered. And what about your emails? How many emails do you get a day? <laughs> Average. I have it. Oh, my inbox sits at about... The whole inbox. Not. I'm going to go through how many you get and how many are important, but how, how many do you oh, get a day? By the time I wake up, I've already got sort of 30 sitting there. It would be well over 150. Yeah, I, I reckon between th- between two and 300 a day that we get. And how many are important? Not important, but how many... Okay, how many do you just go delete, 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 delete? Uh, well, they're just the ones that I that we see. They're not – well, for mine anyway because I've set up all the rules and everything. <laughs> it's um, just insane. At the moment I'm getting a lot of sale ones. Yeah. And I open them for a second and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> distracted. No, no, I don't even know how they – Eye on the prize. Up. I'm like, what's going on? Um, but, yeah, no, it's a hard one because it depends what's happening as well because if, for example, I had um, an issue with the settlement yesterday and I had 20 back and forth emails mm. and – a lot of them seemed like a waste of time because it was one or two words, but it was also Healthy. something super urgent. Yeah. Um, and then the inquiries are massive too. We get, I think I sit on inquiries all day, so yeah. about 50 a day. Okay. If everything that comes through is important, whether or not it's a phone call, a text message, email, it's all, it's all important to a certain extent. Yeah. Now, completely off track. Kim, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? And do you think being a local helps when you're an agent? Absolutely. Um, I grew up at YE. I went to YE Public School, then went to Morissette High School, then went over to Gorican High. Um, I think it's just, especially now when it's coming, when you get to the age where you people do look at buying and buying and selling, it's um, all your friends come and ask you for advice. It, um, it is very important to, to have local knowledge. It's, it's really easy when you know the whole area when it, when it comes down to it because it makes it easy to sell, easier to find information, schools, sporting, especially when people are coming from out of the area. It, um, it's good to be local. And when you know that street is four streets away from the park and seven streets away from Coles and... Yep, yep. Or, you know, cafes, beaches... Um, you Boat know, ramps, everything. Yeah, you just as as I was saying to someone yesterday, they go, "Oh, you know, did I see you down at that office?" I'm like, "No, I don't go that far for a holiday." It's um, but it's you when you're local, you're local. Yeah, you know everything that goes on, and you you go up to the shop, and I love doing groceries, not. Um, so I do I try and do click and collect but when I want to go and speak to people then I you know yeah, I, 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 I go and do it because I can tell you it takes me an hour and a half to two hours to do my shopping if I walk walk the aisles because there's so many people that you run into yeah and where's your favorite place to go on the central coast one spot it's a hard one just all depends on what mood you're in and where you want to go but the Cabbage Tree Bay Rock Pool mm-hmm. is really, really good for the kids. Yeah. It's um, during summer. But every, everywhere is good. Have you ever packed up the whole family, the umbrellas, the towels and everything got there and it's low tide? <laughs> I've done that. That's not fun. Well, I actually, <laughs> I actually took the... <laughs> and there's like 
and one centimetre of water right at the back. And yeah. go, well, this is my <laughs> Well, we're the opposite actually on the weekend. Oh, yeah, uh, high tide. I went at high tide. So the boys are really disappointed because there was no shells. Yeah. Because they all got washed away. Yeah. And I said, oh, just give it a minute. There might be. And literally 45 minutes later, it was still high tide. So oh, you went at the peak. I went at the peak. The peak, peak. So, yes, you do have to do your research. But, look, every, everywhere's nice. The parks are great for the kids. Um, you know, bike tracks. Yeah. Just just everywhere's nice on the coast. And what about you, Sarah? Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Yep. So, I've been on the coast my whole life, but I actually grew up in Gosford, mm-hmm. the Gosford end of the coast. Um, went to Our Lady of the Rosary at Wyoming and then to St. Joseph's at East Gosford. Um, but as soon as I got into real estate, I switched to the Wang and to the coast and I've been here for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was actually, Wisebury was the reason I actually came to this side of the coast. Um, yeah, I love it here. And what about you? Is there a spot that you just love? I'm very, I love the beach and I love bushwalks. So... I probably Crackneck. I always end up back at Crackneck. So yeah. I absolutely love it there. It's a beautiful walk. And I mean, you've got the beach, you've got the the bush, it's and that, the coffee yeah. nearby. So Yeah, it's a real bush <laughs> on the beach. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. And what sets you two apart from other agents? And what have you done differently to get to where you are? Because you're both very successful. I think, um, you know, my, my biggest one is loyalty. Um, obviously being around the, the company and Darren and George for the last 17 years, it's, um, that's my biggest, biggest trait. Um, honesty, I, um, that's the best thing that you can ever be as a real estate agent because the people out there were, they know when people aren't honest. Um, I had a client slash a friend the other day turn around and goes, Kim, your team is not, they're not real estate agents. They're people, they care. You're not like everybody else out there. You're you, you're different. You're you're not you. You guys aren't sleazy. You guys are people, and that's what we love about you. And that's why we keep coming back. I think the biggest thing that sets us apart from everybody it goes back to communication. And being a female, I think we do hold a lot of communication between our clients. And everybody gets an answer. There's not one person that I that can't turn around and say, you never got back to me, whether or not it be at 10 o'clock at night or 6 o'clock in the morning. It, um, everyone gets an answer and I feel that is the difference. Look, I've, I've bought and sold a lot of properties as well and I've bought off other agents and the biggest gripe that I actually have is that people just don't get back to you. Mm. And, it's, and that's where we hold our... You know, head above everybody, we know that we get back to everybody. Yeah. And lastly, what advice do you have for young women wanting to get into the real estate industry? What courses should they do? Where should they start? And is it an industry for women, do you think, where they can get ahead? Um, I think the the biggest thing is that if females want to get into the industry, don't be scared. Um, the industry has changed a lot over the 17 years. Um, if you've got goals and passions and you're a people person, real estate's quite easy and very rewarding, um, but it also comes with hard work and dedication. But anybody out there that's got the care factor, and obviously most most females do have that care factor, we are a little bit different to males out there, 
Um, we do have that really deep heart and we do care a lot about our clients and our family and, and that brings it all in um, when, with real estate because pe- people do, they, they want that relationship. The, the proof's in the pudding. There's the, the num- number one women in, on the coast. We're sitting right here. Hmm. And yes, it is possible. Yes, you've got to work hard. Yes, you've got to do things differently. And anyone can do it. You've just got to believe in yourself. So if you're fresh out of school, what do you do? Go and do your, your licence? Yep, you go, you go under a certificate of registration. It's changed a little bit now because um, you can only be in real estate for four years before you have to hold a licence. So there is TAFE courses. There's people around that can actually do it face-to-face. You can go and do it online. It's a little bit harder online than what it used to be. People used to say you could go and get it out of a cereal box, which was true. Um, now it is a little bit tougher. They are crowding us like a, like a trade now. That um, you do have to go and do a little bit more than what you used to, which is really, really good. Yeah, and there's a lot of continuous training that you have to tick a box with now as well. Every 12 months. Yeah. So would you recommend a, a young woman fresh out of school just go, just get a job in real estate if they're interested in it, whether it's on admin, answering phones, tailing every you guys around on a Saturday, putting out directionals, just, getting, just jump in? Definitely. I think that even if they aren't thinking, I mean, real estate is a long, long game. Um, That's definitely the case. I mean, you don't really get too much benefit unless you are around for a fair while. But even if they aren't 100% certain whether real estate's for them, just to even be in the office, be in the atmosphere, I think that you would would quickly figure out whether or not it is for you. But it's also, you would learn so, so much about communication, speaking to people, um, work ethic, actually motivation, discipline. Um, I just think even if it isn't something that you are looking to do um, full force, it's got so much experience and skill that you can gain from it as well. I think the art of speaking to people has actually been lost a little bit. Would you agree? Keyboard warriors. Everyone's on their phone. <laughs> Everyone's on their phone texting. Yeah. No, and even, you know, just asking a kid to ring up and order a pizza for you is terrifying. For oh, them. yeah. So many people won't pick up the phone. Yeah. And it's the same with people that we deal with as well. They won't pick up the phone. You shoot them a text going, I was just calling about, and they send you a text back straight away. It's yep. insane. There's, there, there's different generations. The older generation want to want to speak to you. The middle generation will either email or text, and the young generation just text. They don't go on emails. They just send you texts. Yeah. So you've got to make sure that you're up with it all. And, yeah. and you're across all platforms. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Thank you, ladies, for coming in today. Thank you. It was lovely chatting. I hope you found today's episode interesting. As usual, we will pop all the links and recommendations in our show notes. Today's episode was produced by Kieran Christie and hosted by me, Carly Eldridge. Bye for now. Heritage Media.